Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, you can find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows, news, reviews, articles, and of course, our merchandise store, because I like having the lights on. Buy a shirt, please. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, with me via the Zoom studio, because that is how podcasts are done nowadays, and I don't have a problem with it, is Mr. Chris Williams. Chris, how are you today? Man, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me here. Dude, it's... I, I really wish sometimes that people could see the process for just booking a guest. Like Chris was oh, just yeah. just in Mexico, I believe you just said, and like literally our messages were like days between each other. And then he's like, yeah, he's exactly. like, I'm good. I, do you want to still do today? I was like, of course I want to do today. Let's do this. So I'm happy <laughs> to have you on. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to jump in with us. Of course, fellow podcaster, you got you got to make time for. So, Chris, before we even really get into anything, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, I help the tribe of those in corporate America known as the successfully discontent. Those of us who are, they, we got the job, we finally got the title. Feels like we got everything, but it still feels like there's something missing. And so, I help ambitious employees be able to grow high-value side businesses. I also host. The Grow Your Side Business podcast, where we're here for every single person who's ever wanted to or had the dream of being able to leverage their skills and be able to grow a profitable side business. So it's funny you say that because when I was going through my my inbox and looking at people who, because obviously Facebook is a very big way to market podcasts nowadays. It's one of the bigger ones. And I'm in a bunch of groups. I'm sure you are too. I think that's how we connected. And one of the things that I saw is most podcasters are looking to create a podcast side business. And as soon as I read your post and, you know, reached out to you, I was like, man, that, that's kind of, it's always been the thought, right? And it's always the goal. Podcasters want to quit their day job and become the next Joe Rogan, making millions of dollars and, you know, talking controversial shit to everyone. And th- there's nothing wrong with that. But what do you think about podcasting as that side hustle? What do you think the the world looks like right now with it? So there's, it's an unregulated space. So there's that side of it. I think to see podcasting as an actual side business is just as possible as starting a t-shirt business down the street. I mean, like literally you can start a side business. I think the difference with podcasting is this. Podcasting works like a journalist learning to, to be a really great writer. If you don't do it a lot and you haven't really built anything that allows you to have a particular authority and or you can create a draw on your network to to not necessarily be the expert, but bring in the experts on particular subject matters, it's going to be very difficult. I will tell you, I've been podcasting since I had my first show in 2016. Actually, I started in 2015, didn't know what to do with it. And in 2016, I kind of got semi-serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it might have been four years before I ever saw a dime. Right. Before sponsorships, before anything. 
And some people may say, well, why would you continue doing something like that, you know, for that long? Well, look at every business on the planet. <laughs> there was a lot of struggle before the thing happened, right? And so I think podcasting can be done as a business. You just, you, you have to have a goal and a plan of what does that look like? How does that fit in your everyday world? More importantly, what are the revenue models that you're going to try to go out and leverage? Because you can't use them all at one time. Otherwise, you'll get nothing. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide what does that look like for you? And what are you willing to work towards? And to be quite honest with you, you're probably going to work quite a while. I think on average today, unless your name is pretty huge and you're a celebrity, you're going to go about 100 some odd episodes before people take you seriously. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was talking to somebody recently and he told me that there are 5 million active podcasts on Spotify. And I was like, holy crap, that is that is a lot. It is very different than what it used to be. But then he told me that there are 100 million podcasts that are actually listed on Spotify, but they're just not active. So That's right. Like out of all those podcasts, you can be in that five million of active podcasts. Like, and it, it's talking to people like you or like him, and they just add that perspective because it also comes with a sense of knowledge. And even mm -hmm. even before we started the actual interview, I was still picking your brain already because if I don't know something, I want to learn it. And if I don't, yeah. if I don't learn it, that's okay. It's just not for me then. Like we were talking about, uh, my dad works for U.S. Bank, and I have no clue what he does. He has explained it to me four separate times, and I just smile, and I nod, and I go, so we're going on vacation this year? <laughs> like, my, my wife, when we first started dating, she's like, so what does your dad – you know, both my parents worked in banks. He's like – she goes, what does your mom do? Oh, she, she's a branch manager at the local bank around here. What does your dad do? I don't know. <laughs> and that's like a red flag on a first date, I think, but she stuck with right. me. I don't know. <laughs> well, I will tell you this. Here's the interesting thing about what you just said. Right. Most people in corporate America today cannot explain exactly what they do to normal, average, everyday people. Can I tell you why? Yes, please. Secret. And I think this will help pretty much anybody who's listening to this episode, no matter when you found Paul in his show. Okay. I, I just want to put this out here. Part of the problem is, is that we've been sold in corporate America a title. Mm -hmm. We've been sold responsibility. For example, if you saw me on the street in New York and you came up to me and you asked me that same question, hey, what do you do? I am the, 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 the treasury department of this thing, thing, and thing, and thing. And I'm the business systems consultant. Of... Man, listen, I, don't, I still don't understand what you do. <laughs> Most corporate people struggle with that. And that's one of the things that we help a lot of people do is like, first of all, first of all, I did an episode about this. You need to know how to speak to exactly what you do mm -hmm. in plain English, right? So oh, I'm the CEO. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm the HR manager of, no, you're not. You're, you're not a thing, right? right? You know, I did a, a, a workshop with a, with a bunch of HR people one time in human resources. And they spent an hour. They literally could not say what they actually did. Finally, a gentleman got it down because we do this exercise. And he finally said the magic words and everybody got it. And he said, I help people navigate hiring processes within our company. Thank you. Oh. I can understand that now. You being an HR manager is like telling me you, you know, you manage water. What does that mean? Like, I don't know what that means, right? So I think most of us in corporate, we get so caught up on the title, we think that's the way to introduce myself to you, and it's totally not helpful. Right. I find that titles 
in anything, any job, any sort of thing, they're very important. Titles, labels, all these things, you know, and it yeah. trickles down to, you know, calling your dad, dad. Like that's the, that's one of the biggest titles exactly. that you can ever give somebody. So I, I definitely, there's a level of importance with titles and I am not a Mr. or Mrs. kind of person, but I will owe to, for myself, but I will always talk to somebody, Mr. Or Mrs. I, I've gotten better at using first names. My wife teases me. She's like, you know, you're an adult now. I'm like, no, I am a man child that makes adult money and has adult problems. There you go. Totally, Absolutely. totally different. So now one of the things that really resonated about me or about you to me, there we go, words, was that you were in corporate America for 20 years, two decades, and you decided that was it. So can you tell our listeners, because mostly because I'm curious, you know, we love the listeners, but this is about me right now. <laughs> how that happened it happens because you hit your head against the wall enough and you finally got to wake up mm. so 2013 2013 um i'm i got the life i'm like seriously when i when i say the life corporately i'm living the life the one that they show on tv the one that starts every movie right <laughs> i got the suit i got the credit card right i, I got the corporate card like i'm living that life mm -hmm. i'm i'm making great money right i'm traveling all over the place my background is in corporate learning and development so basically i did a lot of education programs content and in uh, uh, all versions so personal development all the way down to like tactical trainings that i did inside of the company right and so what was interesting was at a certain point in my career you only get asked to go to talk to executives like you have to right. be like requested you can't just be like somebody well i end up being that guy okay right like so my my schedule went from like 15 percent travel to like over 50 percent travel oh all over the country God. all the time that right? sounds like such a headache. so i'm living a life life is great and there was a particular team that i was working on at the time and they were having this huge systems deployment and it was really cool something kind of innovative and i'm responsible for going and sharing the results at the end of this project that was going on to like several like serious executives within that area. And uh, they tell me to come up. So I, I, I get in the car, I got the company car, I got the credit card, I done bought the, you know, the room, I'm, I'm doing great. I get up to the area, it's about three and a half hours from where I live. And I get there the night before, studying my presentation, I wanna make sure like everything is pristine and perfect. You know how you do, you wake up early the next morning, right? right. Way early than you normally do. Normally it's 15 minutes before you get out of bed to go do something, right? I am extra early because I wanna make sure everything is right. I go deliver my presentation. I get a standing ovation. I mean, everybody's like, wow, thank you. This was great. We appreciate you. I'm literally standing there shaking hands with people. Like, like, like this is a big deal. And it was, it was a big deal. Saved a lot, the company, a lot of money, made some pr processes more efficient for some other people. Like it was a, it was always a really big, big deal yeah. for about nine, 10,000 people within the company. That was a great thing. Right before I'm finished, I get a text message from my manager. She says, hey, I need to see you immediately after the presentation. I'm like, great, what's gonna happen? I'm about to get a bonus, like something, like life just cannot be better, right? So I go from this room of like 20 or 30 people, walk down the hall. I know the room that she's in in this other building that's a satellite location. I go in the room and it's just her. And her back is towards the door. So I'm like, okay, what's up? So I you know, put my stuff down. And as I'm rounding the corner and I see her face, it's kind of like this like blank stare. And and now, mind you, I'm still on Cloud adrenaline nine. Yep, from, yep. you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not oh, paying yeah. attention. I'm like, well, maybe she's having a bad day, right? I'm, not me. I'm having a good day. So I, I sit down, 
and she she's looking at her paper, but then she looks up at me and she says the thing that nobody wants to hear. Effective immediately, we are letting you go. Oh. I'm sorry. I need you to grab all of your stuff. You cannot attend your other meetings. You need to leave immediately and go home. What? I go from this like crazy moment being recognized. By the way, emails are being sent out about our presentation, the team, all the stuff. In the same moment, I'm hearing this news. Oh, crap. By the way, being out of town and being laid off, I don't care who you are, is absolutely no fun. Right. Now I got a problem. I got to drive home mad, frustrated. I think I probably cried, yelled, and screamed and hit the steering wheel more times than not. So I got three hours to do this. Because oh. I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. right. I don't understand why. I, I have the, you know, you go through the emotions when you get laid off. Right. You feel like they did it to you. You 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 you're out of sorts. You're embarrassed. At that time, I was going through a lot. I had a I had a I was I was in a relationship, and this was like the financial slide of my life that was like I was way up, and it started going down. Yeah. Came home, and I've got to tell my wife I'm laid off. Now. It doesn't stop there because the layoff happens. And if you know anything about family, when finances get impacted, who you are and your fears and your doubts and your insecurities start to show up. So me and my wife are doing what I like to call the emotional tennis game right. back and forth because I'm upset, she's upset, but she's trying to hold me and I don't want to be, you know what I mean? It's like this round robin of stuff that we do to each other. And I didn't understand what I know now and I wish I did. Because right. that, unfortunately, I ended up in a divorce lost we were pregnant at the time and my wife lost the baby in the fifth month so sorry so here i go from just to give you guys context i was making about ninety thousand dollars a year two weeks later i'm making nine dollars and 17 cents working at american eagle oh wow because at the time when i got laid off most people are saying you're overqualified for all these other pieces right and the company was going through so and most people don't realize what happened in 2008 the trickle effect was for years after it wasn't like it just ended in 2009 on on january 1st 2009 no there were things that kept happening that impacted lots of different industries it's just when your industry was going to be impacted after the collapse of 2008 right right well my world was that collapse and what most people don't realize when companies start doing massive layoffs like right now by the time your listeners listen to this episode can we just be honest layoffs are happening in droves across every industry oh yeah and if you're one of the high paying high paid people they trim fat first oh yeah. they don't trim the workers so i fit that category yeah so I remember getting laid off. I spent a year trying to find something that was either comparable or, you know, temp work and all this other stuff. Still never hit me. End up in a divorce, go through the divorce, uh, meet my meet my new wife, and she's already an entrepreneur. Like she's been making like great money. So Chris couldn't impress her. <laughs> I got a big kick in my egos, you know, whole thing where that's a whole nother conversation for another day. <laughs> This is not a relationship podcast, right? No, not so, today. Not this week anyway. Might not be, right? So I, I remember she's, she said to me one time, she said, listen, you really need to start thinking about 
having something that's yours that you can control. Right. And because I let my life and everything else just kind of, you know, it's all about the job. And a lot of us live like that. It's all about the job. We do everything for the job. We will miss our kids first soccer game because we need to be there with a laptop or on a phone or whatever, because what we've done is we've been, we bought the Kool-Aid. Right. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying, trust me, first of all, I'm not a a job basher. I will tell everybody, if you're building a side business, you better not leave that job right now. Mm -hmm. You don't realize just how much you need that. And that's a whole nother conversation. But what people don't realize is, is that when you're not building something for yourself, the company is making business decisions. They're not personal. Right. They let you go. It has nothing to do with, oh, we just didn't like you, so let you go. It's no, we have to cut cost. We had a a correction in the market, and now our industry is impacted. So guess what? Some people got to be let go. And that's not something you can control. But until I, and so once that happened, to be honest, Paul, I didn't know what to do. I was talking to she was, you know, was interested in her, but I was like, she don't want to talk to me. I just got, I've been laid off and this girl knows that. Right. But it was, it was, it was the best thing for me because I went to counseling for like a year and a half after that. Cause it was just, it was just difficult. Yeah. And I remember finally finding myself and I got a phone call from somebody else and they were like, Hey, I remember you were working here. I know you probably are, you know, not really sure, but you might want to take this role. I took the role, became, you know, top of my game, made more money made over 150 at that point. And, but here's the difference. I started to play the game to win. All right. You're going to have to elaborate on that one. Yeah. So most people after a layoff scramble to just go find another job to get stable. Right. Some of us will even go get two jobs because we think the second job is going to help us be even more stable. No, it just makes you more tired and less money, but that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) So what I realized is you know, dealing with my my wife is like she had this way of thinking that I couldn't understand. It was like, I'm corporate guy, so I'm speaking Greek and she's speaking like Mandarin. It's like, what in the world? Like, I don't understand. It was interesting, but I didn't get it. Eventually I got it one day. And so 2018 rolls around and there's this opportunity that pops up for me to be able to leverage what I knew to build a business in a partnership with the health and wellness company. And it was like, I'm all, and, and my wife was like, you're doing this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, oh yeah, you remember what happened to you the second time? Because that one was the first, that wasn't the first layoff. That was the second layoff I experienced. Oh no. In a matter of five years. That's rough. Yeah. Oh God. So at some point you'd be like, okay, we'd get it. But you know, us men, we, you know, kind of takes a little while. Sometimes it takes that strong female <laughs> voice to, to and I'll, I'll tell you quick, I'll interject a quick story just because it's in my head. So my wife was, when we first met, she was working at a high school. She was a a TA there and I, you know, we met her, I met her through work and she got an opportunity to go work at something called the Child Advocacy Center. And Hmm. she was great at the work. Like she, she is such, she is a better interviewer than I am. And she's still like trying to get her on the podcast is like ridiculous, but she, (laughs) she's fantastic. And, but the work environment wasn't healthy and she was miserable she, not with the work, just with the environment. And I told her, I was like, find another job. Like, mm-hmm. I, you can always make more money. There's more money in the world than we can ever possibly imagine. Find yeah. a part-time job, find anything, get you out of there, and we'll reevaluate. And because she, she took that step, she found a grad school program for half tuition that she's currently finishing up so she can get her master's degree. Let's go. Like, Let's go. And I, I always, I, like, it's stressful, it's hectic, don't get me wrong, but... 
I always will respect her for taking that leap. And, you know, I did a similar thing when I had, I had two job opportunities ahead of me. One was more stable. One was more of a risk. I ended up taking stability. And as much as I do enjoy my job and my career, there are some days where I'm like, what if, what if I didn't? Yeah. And I, and you're right. I think that's the problem. I don't, I don't, I, I realize now today, not back then, but like, I don't want to live with any more what ifs. Right. And so I took the risk, started the business. My wife definitely, we worked at the business together. That's another thing. I don't p- think people understand the power of being a couple and working a business together. It's it wild. Is, it changes your relationship. I don't care who you are. You learn a lot and you learn what each other are good at. That's right. the other thing. Oh, like, yeah. You, you learn some things that you didn't understand and you start to appreciate even more. And so the first year, I think I made almost 200,000 profit. Wow. And then, you know, now, you know, with that one particular side, I always, I always tell people, honor your commitments, honor the job that you have and honor the side business that you have. And I always honor that first one because it taught me so much. And even to this day, I show people how to leverage that same it's a easy direct sales business with a health and wellness company. I'm like, if you're a corporate person, you can't even, if you can't even fathom it, try something like this because it'll teach you some things that you need to know and it'll help you understand just how powerful you are. And so now I've put like $2 million profit in other people's pockets. So I've shown like, look, you can, you can leverage things. You don't have to be an expert in everything. And unfortunately, again, that's the problem in corporate. We think we got to know everything, everything real business people. They know, they know nothing. They know how to find the right partnerships to put the pieces in place and they're masters at orchestrating. Right. And I think that's the difference when you start building a side business is that you've got to understand what you can do, but you've got to heavily rely on what other people are really good at and allow that to happen. Do you think uh, people have a lot of trouble letting go of that ego? hundred percent. I did. Oh yeah. It's, it's tough. It's, it's hard. You know, if you spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in your college degree, if you spent, you know, up and down, left and right in your career just to get whatever that title is, and now you have that sense of security, you know, quote unquote, that's hard to let go because that's the only thing that you know that you've allowed yourself. What I always say is you got to give yourself permission to think differently hmm. when you have a corporate role. If you don't ever give yourself permission, every day you go to work, frustrated, mad, angry, wanting something different, but you suppress those feelings because you're like, well, this job is paying me. This thing is providing X and I'm able to do this. But you don't realize there's a whole, I always tell people this, imagine the Paul, imagine the 20 million a year Paul. That's a nice, yeah, Wouldn't okay. you like to get to know him? I would love to get what to know him. What are you doing? What would he be? What types of things would he be? But some of us won't even give ourselves permission to think like that. Like we just think, well, right. I'm just trying to get to this end date. And man, when I retire, I'm gonna have X. No, you won't. The 40-40 club is a 40-40-40 club is a joke. Mm-hmm. Work 40 years of your life, get retired on 40%, and spend the last 40 years doing what? Frustrated, miserable, and working another job? Mm-hmm. But that's what we were sold. Oh, yeah. That's what that's what we were sold. And I'm not saying you can't live well, but to not build something while you're on your way, it's the it's the worst, it's the worst reality that I think a lot of baby boomers have faced. So, I hate seeing a baby boomer working in Walmart. They're not there because they want to be. No, I was talking to somebody who's retired and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm working at Home Depot and everybody's just miserable. Everybody's just dead-eyed. I'm like, 
well, it sounds like a lot of fun. But then I have my stepdad. My stepdad did 20 years in Rikers Island as a corrections captain. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. He should guy. write a book. I would. I don't think it would be appropriate in any capacity, but anyway, but like the nicest guy, you would never know. Like he doesn't tell stories and like he probably saw some yeah. things. This was the eighties. This was a terrible time in New York city, but he did his 20 and then he retired and that was it. And he's the happiest guy for some people. Like there was a point in life where you could just do that. You now, could. Now every person who I know that retires from any sort of job, they, they're like, well, now I have to find another job because I can't afford this or I can't do this or that's right. Also boredom. I'll give boredom a shot. Like my mom just retired from from the bank that she was working at and she's working part-time two days a week and she said it's literally just so I have something to do. Yeah. I was like, I'd yeah. much rather be on a yacht in Spain. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. So like I started realizing when I built my side business, I would have people go, Chris, how are you doing this with your job schedule? You got two kids in school. You, you know, like y'all are busy, like how in the world? And I realized, oh, you don't know how to do this. Mm. He's like, oh, well, I'll show you this and I'll show you that. And then people started doing it. And it was like, holy crap, I can. But what I what the piece that I couldn't connect that took me a while was the other folks who would say, yeah, Chris, but that works for them. And that works for you, Chris, because you're so Mr. Articulate and you like people and you're this and Paul. Yeah, you could do a podcast, Paul, because you're Paul, like everybody, you know what I mean? Like people dismiss themselves. And I always say this, the moment you hear somebody do that, you're stopping yourself from dreaming. Right. Because we don't want to feel that hope of I could actually do this thing. Because we've let ourselves down more times than we care to imagine. So that's the reason why people don't like talking about it. Yeah. And so what I realized was I had to build something that allowed people to be able to not only go on that journey, but watching themselves change. That's hard. That, meaning when you're older, right? Like we love it when our kids grow up like, oh, I'm so glad you're out of diapers, right? Like, we're, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we like that change. Yeah, yeah. As an adult, though, at a certain point, I think they said it's like at by 13, 14-ish, you're, you're capped. You don't really change after that. Right. People change for two reasons. They want to or something forces them. It's either volunteer or voluntold. <laughs> voluntold is actually one of my favorite words of all time. Not gonna lie. And that's life. Life voluntolds you. Like, hey, y yep, you're doing this. And it's like, okay, well, I, I guess, guess I got I'm doing you, this. Right? I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> and so I, I just realized that that's what the thing. And when I found out everybody kind of had an it factor, I was able to build a business and just start showing people like, listen, you can, you can build what you want and I can show people like give them the roadmap like this is it like this is the way i've done it and people started using it. it's like holy crap there's a whole nother world out here i'm like yeah and you don't have to quit your day job that's right. always been my biggest thing i don't tell people to quit their day job i loved i'm like your dad like yo loved it loved it absolutely enjoyed absolutely enjoyed it but you don't have to be in fear too yeah so there there are two things that i really picked up on that you said. And the first is, I liked how you basically said that there's not a single answer. A salesman will tell you, oh, this is the grand plan that works for every single person. Right. <laughs> Somebody who knows their shit, but is also humble enough to still be hungry to learn will say, hey, I've got this that works for people. But then the second part is that you have to actually put in the effort towards it. 100%. And I find that it's... Work mentality and work ethic is very strange nowadays. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I work mostly with with juveniles, with teenagers in my job, mm-hmm. and they are all looking to become the next big TikTok star or this or that. And I'm like, cool, it's possible. And you know, a lot of people will tell them, well, you can't do that. I was like, and I'll I'll be the first one to be like, have you tried social media? It's hard. It's not mm-hmm. easy. Like we have a podcast. We have a very loyal group of people that listen to it. Some episodes will have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of downloads. Some episodes will have 10. Like it's just the nature of the beast. Yep. And to have that that work ethic, I find very refreshing that you and you're also very genuine about it. You're like, "Hey, this is it." And it's either you take it and you run with it or you do what you, do you. Like Yeah. That is what it is at the end I, of the day. You know, you bringing that up. I I, I always I've listened to a lot of different people. So like my wife and I, we invested like over $200,000 in business coaching. Cause I, cause here's the thing. I am a lifelong learner and this is the basics. I want everybody to understand whoever listens to this episode. There is somebody out there right now who knows what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And because they know it, that's why they're winning in whatever that thing is that you want. But if you're not willing to invest in the knowledge of it, and, and, and as Alex Hermosi says, if you're not willing to pay down the ignorance tax, well, guess what? You will stay ignorant. Right. And you will look at everyone else doing it and go, oh, they must be this. You'll dismiss their success or their whatever, right? But you don't see the work. You don't see the, you just think, oh, they're just that because they're whoever. You're always, it's like looking for, the reason to make yourself feel good. Right. And I learned, I can't do that anymore in life. Like life is too short to not keep learning. Oh, a thousand percent. To not percent. put yourself in spaces with people and network and talk to, how about this, a novel idea, talking to somebody that knows that is outside of what you already know. Wow. That's- what? <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny you say that because people can't have a conversation anymore. No. They can't. They can't. If somebody has a different opinion than them, they are, so my wife and I are exact opposites, like exact, like even, even she, she's black, I'm white, like she's more liberal, I'm more Republican. Like we have so many things. We have similar tastes, thank God, because it, it helps us when we pick out things to watch on Netflix. I was going to say for food reasons, man, that yeah. caused argument. Food, food and Netflix, those are our similar tastes right there. Hey, there we go. Thank God. But she's the only person in this world that I can always have a 100% genuine conversation with. And I love saying to her, I never thought about it that way. Thank you for sharing. And right. it's great when that happens, you know, politics, people can't talk about politics, religion, no. people can't talk about religion. So for me and my wife, especially we've only been married for two years, three years, please don't listen mm-hmm. to this dear, because I don't want to get yelled at. So during that time, especially during COVID and the pandemic, where we had a lot more time to spend together, we learned yeah. a lot about each other. and We learned how to communicate. What? I know. Yo, some people were really upset at that time. My wife and I took that like. Oh, we we literally sp- we already spend all of our time together anyway. Right. That time, oh, we had the ball. Oh God, did we enjoy that? And and I and, and I don't want another pandemic to happen. But no, my no, point no. is, I would do it again. Yeah. I would. I because you're right. I learned so much about my wife, but I think more so I learned more about myself. It's incredible, like, right? Crazy. So, like, my wife and I went to Italy last year. That was our one of our Ooh. big trips. Yeah, we had a blast. And we filled that trip with tours. I was like, we're never going to be in Italy again. And her mom wanted to give us gifts for our wedding. So she's like, do you want tours? Mm. We're like, hell yeah, we want tours. I will never forget the first day we were in Italy, 
we flew on like a Thursday night, I think, like Thursday night our time, and we would land Friday morning their time. So we're like, we'll sleep on the plane, and we have tours. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> we didn't sleep a wink on the plane. It's now 8 a.m. their time, but like 9 or like 2 in the morning our time or something stupid. Right. We toured for six hours in the same Jeez. clothes we were wearing, miserable, but like I would never trade that. And I picked yeah. the best partner because I was oh I was cranky I was I was not a pleasant person I don't know how she puts up with me sometimes, <laughs> but it's it's learning and experiencing and I feel like that is such an important part that people are almost hesitant to do because they don't want to be wrong or they don't want to look silly or, or stupid. I think I think the the thing that I'm I've learned and I'm still learning is my ability to listen to a difference gives me the right to have wisdom. I like that. If I'm if I'm not, you can't have wisdom without understanding the vastness of what it is that you're actually trying to contextualize or even help someone understand. So like, I'm okay, and I, we do it all the time, my wife and I, but like, I, I talk to people who don't think, look like, act like, or all the time like me. And I do it intentionally, right? Because the thing that I, I always tell people this emotional intelligence. And if nobody's read that book yet, please go read that book. It will, and don't read it once, read it often. I, I got into this thing with books lately where I'm almost buying all these books, you know, trying to be a, a book nerd in my, in, as an adult. And my business coach said to me one time, why do you keep reading a bunch of books? You don't even remember what you read. He was like, how about you just pick one book and read it a bunch? And I was like, huh? I don't like you right now, but you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. But yeah, so I, I, I realized that if you have emotional intelligence, you need to know how you, you, you're, you're able to have a conversation of differences minus the emotion. Right. Because I'm not here to judge what you're saying. I'm ultimately trying to understand the perspective that you have. So mine widens. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I totally like and that. And I think that should be the, the the focus of every morning we wake up. Like, listen, I, I don't have to agree, and I'm not looking to agree. I'm really trying to go like, huh, that's an interesting perspective. Can you help me understand why you think that way? So that that way, when I'm having a thought, I don't just go rabbit hole tunnel down this one path, and, and guess what? I think I'm right. I might be dead wrong. And unfortunately, media and everything else and kind of the way we've, you know, parsed out these narratives, right? We're not bringing people back to center to just say, listen, I'm I'm okay with what you believe. Right. But I need to understand why you believe it so that that way I can respect you more and I can also look out for you too. Mm -hmm. That's the other part of understanding someone else. Okay. If I don't understand you well, I can't look out for you. If If me being black and you being white and we don't understand each other and what was going on with George Floyd and all these other situations, I can't look out for you. I can't stop people in my culture and go, hey guys, uh-uh, time out. That's, I wouldn't go down that path, right? right? And you couldn't do the same for me because you don't, you don't have context. Exactly. And I think people, I don't know why we've gotten afraid of that, but, but I'm like, that's what keeps us centered to go, no, I can, now I can look out for you. Because mm -hmm. I understand like, oh dang, I didn't know that you didn't, because you didn't grow up this way or you didn't have to see these things, you don't understand my survival mode. Right. You don't know that what I fear. 
So now that I tell you, you're like, okay, I know Chris now. I can, okay, I can, I can help other people go, wait a minute. Nah, you might need to understand this context so that that way we can help each other. I think that's the difference, man. And I, th- I think it makes a big difference in how you interact with people, how you do business. Like, it's really easy to be stuck in your ways. And there man, are some yeah. things I am stuck in my ways about. I, I wake up every morning at like a certain time so I can work out before I go to work. My wife teases me because I then end up going to sleep super early. But like that's like my thing. <laughs> or yeah. like for me, I like certain foods and I'm very consistent with my meals and, and I do meal prep. Right. And she's like, how do you eat the same thing every day? And I go, I like what I like. <laughs> like right. I'll try other things. I won't be like, no, I'm not going to do this. But like at the end of the day, I like what I like. But yeah. I'm still open to other things. And I kind of – I bring that mentality to a lot of things that I do, especially with podcasting. I have talked to some very interesting people via podcasting. Yeah. Like I've talked to very successful business owners or practitioners, health and wellness coaches, actors, athletes, authors, like all these things. And I always learn something new yeah. when I talk to somebody, especially when they have a topic or knowledge base that I am not familiar with. Like even mm. during our pre-interview, there was something that I didn't know. And the and I was like, dude, can you explain it to me? <laughs> yeah. Because I like to learn. And I find that the more people learn, the more just well-rounded they are and, the, and easier to talk to. I would always rather talk to that. that's what we want for our kids, which is weird. What's that? We literally will put our kids in a million different sports, in a million different courses. We will do all this stuff for our kids. But then as adults, we just kind of stop. We're very narrow-minded. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 and I, and I realized I have two boys. So I got one as a freshman and one as a, a sophomore, as a senior in high school. So we're about to be empty nesters. And I inherited both of my boys. So the thing that I, the thing that I always kind of get, even when they were smaller and it was like they were getting older, I just, I realized, Chris, they're, they're actually watching you, not necessarily about what I'm saying. They don't really care what I say. Oh yeah, kids kids will listen, but they won't always hear yeah. it. Yeah. They don't really care. And by the way, when I was a child, I didn't care. Like <laughs> so but but I but I think that, you know, just at the end of the day we have to I think we got to get somewhere to where wisdom is is the goal of wisdom for me at least in my life is I can listen to a multitude multitude of disciplines and ideals. And because I'm willing to listen, it makes me better apt to be able to help everyone and also look out for you at the same time. I like that. I really do like that. Because you can explain wisdom to somebody and like, they'll just be like, it's just knowledge. It's just information. I, I always for me, I was I always say, information is knowledge. Knowledge is information. It's it's something that you just know things that you that you mm-hmm. can learn. Wisdom is what you do with them. For me. Yeah. And, and then it gets into questions of morals and ethics. And like, you know, we don't have kids yet. I, I'm looking forward to the day that we do, but we've worked with kids our entire lives and kids are always watching what you do. Not necessarily listening to what you say, but they will always mm. remember what you do. Like for me growing up, my my parents got divorced when I was young and I remember my dad working hard all the time and I was, I was resentful as a child because I was like, yeah. well, it's not giving me what I want. But now as an adult, like he and I talk all the time. Like our relationship is much better now that I'm an adult and I'm like, well, I get it. Same. I've been there. Yeah. And it's tough. Been there. Yeah. It is. So. And we, we're having a, 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 a moment right now with our oldest son. Uh-huh. And it's mainly just because he's out of the house now. He feels like he's a young man. And you got to let him, like, do his thing. But I realize, like, and I've talked to a lot of, 
you know, my OGs that I'll, you know, call and like, man, you better help me because I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, and I keep, I hear the same thing from them all the time. They're like, listen, they come back. Yeah. Like, look, they're, they're just, their life is whatever it is for them. And they, you know, they think they got, okay, they're, they're going to come back, but they'll come back different. Right. And you, you just got to let the moment happen. That's hard. Yeah. But it happened to us. Right. Our parents, like I, I left my house at 17 and never went back, mm-hmm. went off to college, never went back, never will go back. Right. Like I just, it was, it was kind of this thing, like that was my thing. And I figured out life. Right. Right. But to your point, as the older I got, it was like, man, my mama was one strong freaking cookie. Like, right. that's like, <laughs> like, man, she just didn't break. You know what I mean? When you start going through life and having real life interruptions happen, you're like, holy crap. Like, she's like, and you, you just find this reverence. I think you start to revere if, if you care enough, right? And you right. look back with the right lens, you start to kind of revere your parents like, geez, that, okay. Like I, now that I'm in that position, I get, I it. get it. Yeah, I get it. It's wild. I don't, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. We did an episode recently about adulthood, just, just adulthood in general, just because we do topical, we do interviews. And I was saying at one point, there's a light switch in so many different aspects that at some point that light switch turns. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know why it's going to happen, but suddenly it turns. And the analogy I used was the movie Home Alone. I don't know if you've ever seen Home Alone. Yes. As a kid, you root for Kevin McAllister, the kid. He, right. The parents are mean to him. He's going to beat up the back. <laughs> I watched that movie recently. I think I was watching with my wife like this previous Christmas, and I go, man, that kid's a brat. He deserves to be punished. And my wife right. goes, wait, what? I was like, I think he's actually the bad guy in this movie. We had a four-hour conversation after the movie about how I – A kid, great argument, actually. I might post that on Facebook later. Go for it. Like, seriously, <laughs> we we love doing stuff like that where it's like you look at, like, old movies or anything like that. And yeah. you're like, man, when did I turn into the adult in this one? Yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. But, so we are running a little low on time. I feel like we could probably go for another hour, but for the, <laughs> for the sake of my editing skills, we're going <laughs> to stop there. But please, I would love for you to tell our listeners, if they want to learn a little bit more about you or listen to your podcast, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you could find me on Instagram, Christopher Williams, the Christopher Williams. We have a, a course that we actually just launched to really, it's been a long time coming into making. It's called Side Business Masterclass. So you can go to sidebusinessmasterclass.com. It's a free webinar and I'm sharing with people the four mistakes high achieving employees make when growing a side business. And they're the four mistakes that I made that honestly, I kind of look back and I go, I would have made more money had I not made these particular mistakes. But more importantly, I want people to, to know that we know what's possible. And so being able to share my life and then on every single platform, including Audible now, we are on for your listening and viewing pleasure on YouTube as well. Grow your side business on every single platform. You type that in, you'll be able to find our show. And uh, let me just say for the record. Yeah. Paul, what you're doing, I think is fantastic. And and I will say because of your background, the work that you're involved in and where you are, I think podcasts like these, you 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 scope out about five years from now, people have to go back and be like, where'd this guy come from? Well, it kind of starts with this kind of stuff because I don't think people understand like the, the journey, you look at a Howard Stern, you look at anybody that you revere in the world of radio, I I, I grew up loving uh, radio yeah, and too, I always worry. felt like podcast was 2.0 radio. They become a better person because they're willing to talk to more people. Right. And so I just appreciate and, 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 and honor you for the fact that you bring in people 
to have conversation and guess what the world gets to sit in and listen on 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 your maturation journey so you today five years from now man it'll be interesting to see like how 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 these conversations have kind of shaped you know what you build and 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 the community ultimately that you grow i'm actually writing down the date right now of the time of this recording and Absolutely. I'm writing down the date, and I'm putting a five-year note. And in five years, no matter what, I'm going to send you a message. And it's going to be either the current show, our current numbers, whatever it is. That's that right. Five years from now, it is written down in my my magic notepad that I keep for everything. My wife makes fun of me. She's like, why do you write things? Key- use a keyboard. <laughs> I was like, I, I like old school. But uh, Chris, this, this was fantastic. I had a blast talking to you. I feel like there's going to be a follow-up at some point, whether it's in well, a year. Well, we're going to have you on the show, so you're coming you, to the show. You so tell we, me we'll anytime, all right? We, and we got five years to make all sorts right. of fun plays. <laughs> but this was fantastic. I really hope our listeners check you out. I'll have uh, the website and everything on our, on our page and all that so people can see it. But uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Paul and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast, maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on set as a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that if you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction you guys can get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys that's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction so full disclosure i usually pick guests based on if I think that there's going to be the right connection. And I do a a nice little pre-interview where I I see if it's there. I'm very lucky in that I've only had maybe one or two interviews that just weren't there. And when it comes to Chris, I got to say, man, chemistry was off the charts. The, The vibe was there, felt it in my jellies, as I like to say. And you guys don't know it, but we actually ended up talking for another 40 minutes after that episode ended. And I, I really valued it. I appreciated it. Chris and I are going to be keeping in touch. You might see me on his show at some point. He's definitely going to be back on our show at some point. So if you're looking to create your own side business, make sure you guys go to sidebusinessmasterclass.com. Chris knows his stuff, and he's successful, and I always value somebody based on not necessarily how well they do, but how much they come up, come back from you know challenges and facing hardships. And Chris is a perfect example of it. But if you guys are looking for more of our content, as always, you can go to our website, themisfitfaction.com. You'll find links to all of our other shows, the Multiverse Fancast, Cinematic Adventures, our news reviews, articles, merch store, all that stuff. And of course, we are on all the social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Just type in MF Uncensored or The Misfit Faction. Odds are you'll find some of our stuff. We want to thank you guys for listening as always, and we will see you next time.